So they're saying uh, Heart Condition is one of Denzel Washington's least favorite movies that he's ever been in. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say I so. I don't know. I mean, that's what the trades say. And I don't think he's ever really... Uh, I've never heard him talk about this movie, ever. Really. Which kind of leads me to believe that that might be true. <laughs> Police Sergeant Jack Mooney has got no class. That is 60% grease. No style. What the hell have you been eating? And no pulse. That's it? He's dead? He will be without a new heart. No man alive can help Jack Mooney. We got one. That leaves Leon Stone. Car accident. Killed instantly. Tonight. Tonight. Don't eat that. Trust me. He's given Jack his heart. It's weird, I know. It's very weird. Look, oh, that heart's beating, we're attached. Aren't you gonna talk to me? Racial prejudice I can understand, but ghost prejudice. You gotta help me find who killed me! Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. stars try to like express a sense of humor in a movie when they when they don't really have one you know what i mean yeah. like they can't get to this level like they get a little zany right z a n y is like the level that they can go to that's it it stops the meter stops there you know <laughs> you denzel's a great actor but comedian is not um what you call him <laughs> yeah he's a he's a little too much the straight man so much so that it's like a, just too dramatic. <laughs> That's the problem with this movie, though. Um, it has two straight men. It, like, it doesn't have a comedy duo where, like, okay, this guy's gonna be so over the top that the other guy levels him out. Yeah, it. I mean, I, I mean, I'll be to be fair to Bob Hoskins. At least he tried something from here once in a while. I mean, he had to do some of the heavy lifting when it came to comedy, but he didn't have much to work with. Well, so, well, that's the question, like, is his character supposed to be the one that's over the top, that's, like, just, like, uh, the balls-to-the-wall copness of his character, like an L.A., like, a stereotypical L.A., like, pre-Rodney King-era Los Angeles cop, you know what I mean? Like, is, is he yeah. supposed to embody, be the embodiment of, like, that, like, you know? Oh, that's a good point that you brought up Rodney King, because I don't think this movie would have been made three years later. Oh, really? Like, it met its window. <laughs> you know what I mean? It had a very thin window to escape from the yeah. world. <laughs> like, like three, four years later, it would not have been made. Hmm. At least I don't think so. You know what's funny with, like, the with the Pell suits that they're wearing and the sunglasses? There's, like, well, even the way they're standing on the cover, it's, I don't, I think this came up before Twins, right? This uh, came, no, after. This came, oh, okay. Okay, that's interesting, because then, then it leads me to believe that some of the marketing copies after Twins, because they're wearing these, like, you know, pale Miami Vice-type suits and sunglasses, 
And on the cover, like, they had, like, uh, Bob Hoskins leaning against Denzel a little bit. And, right. like, and that's exactly what the twins' posters looked like. And then there's, like, there's a montage where, you know, Denzel's trying to clean him up. And it's uh, similar to a montage where um, Danny DeVito's character is trying to teach Arnold Schwarzenegger's character how to live in the city. You know what I mean? Because he's been raised on an island. He doesn't know anything about, I don't know, society or whatever. And he's getting him all decked out in clothes. You know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, so it's kind of like, and then, because he's got, okay, well, okay, well, I'm not really spoiling a movie that came out, it's older than Almost me. Almost 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's like older than us, so. Uh, heart condition, okay, so check this out, this, um, hoppity hoppity, um, I don't know. cop? Yeah, the racism is, a, it's like a hard sell, because they just kind of toss, toss it in, like. Yeah, it, it did feel like um, they just like, oh, well, he's got to be racist, so they throw in like a couple moments for him to throw out the N word or catch himself, but it doesn't. It never felt natural. No, it really didn't, and it wasn't like that was the basis of his character. So, I just think it was like, oh, well, maybe they're, they're like, I, I feel like it was the, they were rewriting the script and they were sitting there going, hey, what would be a racist worst nightmare? Oh. He'd have to have somebody's heart that he hates. Oh man, we gotta put that into act two. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, you meet this cop who's like, I don't know. They really try to push it like he's like, like almost like also like a Nick Nolte from um, that Forty Eight Hours. Yeah, Forty Eight Hours. Who like he doesn't hate black people. Like he hates everyone. But you really believe Nick Nolte's character that he fucking hates everyone. And in this movie, they're just suggesting, well, this guy's got something wrong with this guy because, all right, you got the one cop. Okay, you have the one cop, Bob Hoskins' cop, and then he, like, immediately loses his shit when he sees his ex-hooker girlfriend hanging out with Denzel Washington's character, who's uh, an attorney. And then, like, Mm. then he goes on a citywide chase. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like he chases him from one uh, one end of, like, Beverly Hills to... The garment district? I don't know. Like he goes downtown with this guy, like, and uh, and then and then and then oh, I don't know. But then, but then, like, also Denzel's character, he like smacks the girl when she brings her problems to him, even though he's supposed to be the guy that like improved her life. I don't know. Like, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he Did was, you like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not, I, I have to laugh because yeah, like, I, I was looking forward to watching it too. Yeah. <coughs> it does not. Uh, I saw it once years ago. It does not hold up. And so we're kind of tearing it apart. Um, it's a bunch of little different movies put together. But the, see, the most redeeming part of the movie is when the ghost is trying to teach him like how to improve his life, his health, and then um, the ghost can interact only with him. I guess they're saying, like, the ghost is drowned. So the idea, because this is, like, one of those things that, like, the premise never quite, quite, uh, doesn't quite, like, lift off, like, uh, like right. a rocket. It's like you're launching a rocket into space when you've got a great rocket design, you have jet fuel, and it just explodes on the runway. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it has all the ingredients of, like, a good movie, but then it doesn't, like, you have two killer stars who are about to be, like, um, very unique in the unit. Well, uh, Denzel's about to get really famous, and then Bob Hoskins is like kicking around, and he's like he a was very riding ex- high off that Roger Rabbit fame at that time. Yeah, yeah. So, 
you know, too bad there's a lot of cachet, and then they're just kind of floundering in this movie. But I do like this. Like, first of all, I've never seen a movie where you want to have a cheeseburger more. Than, oh god, than, it looked delicious, didn't it? Yeah. Then this guy's love. First of all, this guy loves cheeseburgers. Like, I mean, he comes out of heart surgery. And he's back at Thomas Burgers, like, within... Already with a fucking, like, a cider's a cup of scotch and a fucking uh, oh, cigarette. No, like, he... This is funny, like... I mean, I guess it probably happened a lot more back in the day, like, uh... There probably were hamburger stands where people get a beer in a bag with your burger. You know, because that's what it was. Right. He's sitting there with, like, a tall boy in a bag, and he's got a burger. But, you know, he's coming in, like, literally, like... The way it's edited, you believe that he just, like got out of heart surgery like two hours earlier and then like goes on his lunch break and he he's already slamming tall boys and eating hamburgers you know <laughs> like then uh he loses his place in vice because he came out of heart surgery so they put him on a desk and he's looking for the girl because she has a roll of film that oh he, here's where the it falls apart too because like it would be a scandal if you found out this politician died of an od like let's cover up let's cover up the fact that he died of overdosing, but it doesn't matter anymore because he's dead. And then who are his guys that are still collecting his money? Because like you think he's dead, wouldn't the money be cut off right then and there for these these guys to go clean up the murder in the first place? You would think. Or not murder? Well, not I mean like accidental death, overdose with these ladies of the night present, and then one of them happens to take a picture, and then like the pictures are floating around, and she happens to be the same hooker that dated this cop for four months, but then ends up dating Denzel Washington. So she's really moving up in the world. You know, like, I feel like there's also a third story here. There's a pretty woman sequel crammed in, in the middle of this movie. In the middle of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's, it's, it's weird. It, it is a weird... Um, I kept watching it, waiting for it to, like... It, it sits in a weird place where, like, I can't sit here and tell you that it was, like, a terrible movie, yeah. but it, you can't exactly call it good either like it doesn't know what it wants to be it doesn't want to be slapstick no. it doesn't want to be a thriller it doesn't want to be you know it doesn't know but you know what free with ads on voodoo i'll watch it oh yeah i'll throw it on on a saturday night which is exactly what i did <laughs> like, and i'll play right um the reason i like this movie is i saw this movie on tv a couple times and i always saw it at the same part like i always came in when the ghost is trying to help him get through the house that's filled with goons that he has to try to shoot and then get the lady and the baby out of the house. So, I mean, we're talking like third act. So if you're coming in on like the shootout, you're like, okay, what's going on? You know, it's Bob Hoskins. What's he, what's he up to? And what's Denzel doing there? Oh, he's a ghost? <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, you're like, what's going on in this movie? I mean, Denzel, I mean, he gives a good performance. It's just wasted in a movie that doesn't need it. Um, Does it need a good performance, or? I mean, it's, his performance is too good for the movie it serves. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, like, if it, if this was a dramatic movie, it would have worked well. Um, I don't know. You know, like, honestly, if this was made with Richard Pryor or somebody of, I'm trying to think of, like, in that era, who would have been, like, Denzel's Denzel's comedy counterpart. Hmm. Richard Pryor is what's coming to my mind all of a sudden, but um, well, I mean, of that era. If you like, oh, both, Eddie Murphy, of course. Sure, but I mean, if you like both Bob Hoskins and Denzel Washington, you're you you might see this movie. 
Yeah, I mean, check it out. I mean, like I said, Denzel sneaks in a good performance in there, and I think Bob Hoskins does does the best with what he's got. I mean, it's a pretty paper thin script. Well, the the scene uh, that probably puts somebody like Denzel in the movie is probably where they're the family is um, taking care of all his possessions after the funeral, and like the mom talks to the guy, talks to the cop about like, oh, she he was. Said he was gonna settle down, have a kid, so I could have the grandkid, and da 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 da, X Y and Z, and he was living the party life, and then he's, you know, he obviously can't comfort his mom because he's a ghost. But then, um, sentimental moment, obviously, because she meets the cop who got the heart donated for it. Oh, they didn't handle that very well either. It was so random how like um, we followed the cop through his day, his routine. He's kind of a pathetic character. He's kind of super pathetic actually, and then. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of redeemable qualities right away, and then like he doesn't really gain a sense of redeemable qualities either. No. He, he he just like at some point decides, okay, I'm gonna save the ghost baby and my ex girlfriend because the ghost cares about him and I have the ghost heart. But you know, I guess the goons with the girls think that Denzel might know something, so they kill him, and then he's a heart donor and it happens to go over to the, the cop, right? But you don't see him die, and then, like, you follow the cop through the heart attack phase at his little apartment, and then, like, and then the heart's being donated, and then the reveal. Oh, my gosh. The classic reveal of who's donating the heart, like, when you see Denzel on the table, you're like, and then it's like, you're supposed to, you're just sitting there going, like, am I supposed to go dun-dun-dun? <laughs> right. Like, am I, is that how I'm supposed to feel right now? Is that, like, where we're taking this? Um. I feel like they could easily make this movie again, though. Like, I feel like they could take the same script and, like, jazz it up a little bit and maybe drop some of the overtones. Like, uh, you know, I mean, the cop can hate the guy because he's, he's, you know, he steals the girlfriend. You know, I don't think you need to have, like, these... I don't even know if racism was the point when they wrote this movie or if they added it later. Yeah, I mean, I'll grant you that. It feels like, um... I don't know, it feels like you could have still made this movie of, like, uh, somebody whose heart is in another guy, but, uh, yeah, maybe they, maybe they cast Denzel and decided, oh, well, maybe we need to be a little more, uh, racially focused, I don't know. But isn't that, that's a cool, kind of a cool concept, man, like, if a, if a ghost is bound to the earthly uh, realm because you have, you have organs? I mean, yeah, I I mean, it's not a terrible concept. I mean, I would be down for a remake if they mm. if they like put effort into it. Um, but now the question is like, who would be like, who would you cast in today's society, or like, you know, um, who would be the modern day version of this? Like the schlubby, the schlubby cop and the. Uh, I know who has the attitude of a lawyer that has a heart donor would be like somebody and forgive me because his showbiz name is the same first word of the movie. I think Kevin Hart could easily be the the uh, uptown lawyer, you know, the party life guy. Could be Kevin Hart. Then again, there's also a size thing here. Like they obviously have Bob Hoskins, who's like barely five foot, whatever, and then right. Denzel, who's like over six feet tall. So then you're like, you wanna, or look, he appears over six feet tall in the movie in, com- in comparison. I don't know how actually tall he is in real life, but so I mean that that was. A running joke too, so I don't know. You know what I mean? If you switch it like that, then 
then do you have the other guy be tall? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, like, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because um, I'm trying to think of, like, who would be a modern-day equivalent of, like, Bob Hoskins and... Sure. I'm I'm sure there's a lot more that I'm not thinking of, but uh, Paul Giamatti kind of jumps to my mind. Yeah. And and he could and Paul Giamatti's done comedy, so you know he could pull off pull that part off. The only gritty character that I've seen him play like this is he actually played the Rhino in one of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I don't know which one it was. I don't know if it's part one or part that two. Was, but uh, well, number two. Just, He's just a set piece. Like he's not really a character throughout the movie, but he's just like, I think he, I think maybe number two opens with him fighting Spider Man, and then he, his little mechanical thing falls apart, and he goes to jail. I think that's what happens. But uh, you know, those are people don't really like the Amazing Spider Man movies. With uh, what's his name? Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> which he's done. Uh, I I. Uh... Under the under under the Silver Lake, he's just in that uh, has a lot of Spider Man in it. Good movie. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, what? He just did a new movie called Under the Silver Lake, which was supposed to be released last year, but it got pushed off and pushed off, and then ended up just becoming a uh, VOD release. Hmm. Uh, it was from the guy who did It Follows. It was his next movie. Oh, uh, somebody was talking about like, that the other day. It's really good. It's like a neo noir kind of. I don't know. It's it's not a movie you can easily describe. It's not a one sentence. It's not a one Is it sentence a movie? movie. No, I mean, but there's there's creepy moments in it, but it's more like a mystery. Um, hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard to kind of put into a box. Um, but it's an interesting movie. It's, it it has a lot to say about images and like at how it's being advertised. Things are being advertised to us and hidden messages and shit. All the while, this movie has hidden messages on its own because it has like a kid who played Spider Man, and there's things like Spider Man comics in it, and yeah. But wait, that's not that's the an... one that uh, where the advertisements are literally coming to life, right? Like the Coca Cola signs crawl off the building and everything. It's not that movie, right? No. Okay. Um. All right. Well, that's that's a lot of talk for a movie that is the main review of this. No, it's. It's all right, man. Like, there's got to be some filler on the discussion with with Harsh Henderson because, um, I mean, an- another scene that stands out is like instead of smoking cigarettes, he's like chomping on carrots to another chase scene. Right. Or they're not even chase scenes. They're just like the cop gets himself so wound up that they actually ramp up the cinematography and the editing. Like they speed it up when he's like, like I don't know, going off on these little anxious tangents like uh and there's a couple times in the movie where they suggest that he's gonna have another heart attack right right so you have these two things what they do with the pacing and the scenes but it's funny because this is a cop movie where they have a lot of chase scenes that aren't cha- well, you know what i'm talking about like they they have them very s- slow chase scenes I guess. Yeah, yeah not like slow like yeah there's a couple real chase scenes but then other times he's just like like when he's just investigating like he's just on the he's just working the case, but then he's like zipping through traffic like he's in a chase scene. But he's just in the car. So I mean, like they made a conscious decision to like, all right, we need to make him look like he's in. I don't know, some like really exciting police action. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's it's an odd movie. Like if I I don't know if like there's studio interference or. I know, like, the, the director said he was kind of out of his league. Um, yeah. He uh, 
he was a he was a TV guy, and I guess somebody kind of like, if I understood it correctly, somebody kind of like coaxed him or like talked him into directing, even though he wasn't sure about directing. Which, if you're not sure if you want to direct, you probably shouldn't direct because you might come no, a heart condition. Not a movie with Bob Hoskins and Denzel Washington. Could you imagine being like an insecure director? He could eat and lie. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. And and then oh, I wish I could have dug up like an interview of Bob Hoskins talking about this movie or like but he like nobody did press on this movie so like this must have been there must have been bad juju on the set you know what I mean like there must have been like a bad vibe you know what I mean right uh, well like I guess it swore Denzel off from doing comedies for a long time I mean there's the only other one that I can see that's a straight up comedy after this was The Preacher's Wife and that's well, kind of like not really that much of a comedy. See, that's the thing, like, every time Denzel tries to do comedy in a movie, he just gets loud and obnoxious, but he's not funny. That, I mean, that's what I'm trying to say, is, like, he's an interesting guy, don't get me wrong. He has, he has a lot to offer. I like a lot of his movies, but he's, he's just not the guy you go to for some jokes, you know? I mean, he could be, I think he could go the, um, uh, hear me out on this, I think he could go the uh, Leslie, Leslie Nielsen route in which... You have to be so straight that whatever you're saying is hilarious because you're playing it so straight, which is what, oh, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah, just to be totally committed to how ridiculous what you're saying is. That makes sense. Like, I mean, Leslie Nielsen got goofier as he went on, but if you watch the original Airplane or, Poli- or um, Naked Gun, he's funny because he's playing it so fucking straight that everything, all the wackiness around him is elevated. Which might have been an accident because what if he was trying to be a serious actor in the beginning and then he came off as a total joke. Well he well he was. I mean that's why when he did airplane it was more of a shock because they're like, Leslie Nielsen, he's a serious actor. Hmm. So for for him to do airplane was kind of the turnaround like gave him a second career as a comedian. Cause before that he was just a dramatic he was just a dramatic actor. What do you think I think we talked about what might be Bob Hoskins' best movie. He plays a lot of detectives, and he plays a lot of, like, uh, I don't know. He did play, like, a, a, a crime lord in one movie, and then he, he won an Oscar for this other movie where he gets out of jail and he's looking for this girl. Uh, I want to watch that movie, but I, I keep forgetting. And it was that, um, I think those are the two I was talking about, or uh, we when we were talking, texting back and forth, I know there was Long Good Friday and yeah. Mona Lisa. Yeah, yeah, I want to watch Mona Lisa. I want to get into that one. But he's definitely, like, he's in a lot of underworld parts, which is funny. But he, okay, the reason I like him is because he, he's, like, a character actor. He's not, like, a traditional-looking actor. But if you're a gay bear or cub fan, you're going to love him <laughs> in this movie because he has a shirtless scene with his hooker girlfriend. <laughs> and I, I don't want to keep calling her that, but I think she's Chloe Webb, I think. She looked, she she looked like a familiar actress, but I can't think of her name. Yeah, she's in other movies, and they at least gave her one thing to do with her character in this movie, and just take pictures of the camera she has. They at least tried to give her some kind of personality. Like she has this quirk where she just keeps taking pictures. I mean, it gets her in trouble, and it's part of the plot device that sets off the movie. But uh, it's something that she does. I don't know if you've noticed, but she's just she's always taking pictures. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Kind of like a little like, effort. But yeah. <laughs> it's it's you know, it's it's a movie that like again I can't like sit here and tell you like it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean like it had a beginning, a middle, and an end. I mean it wasn't like the worst, but it just 
it didn't know it had tonal issues that's the biggest thing is like it had such tonal issues it's it wants to be a comedy but it also wants to be this gritty cop drama and it never quite it was never quite one or the other well i mean you get to have his partner from uh, his former partner come undercover at the end of the movie say the word heart condition <laughs> yes that was like i mean family guy kind of ruined that idea for me forever like anytime i hear the name of the title in a movie like oh that's why they call it that it's <laughs> hmm. fine again like um okay the ghost stuff i might be going on i might be going off a ledge here but reminds me of the ghost stuff in the michael j fox movie um oh god what was that um frighteners okay yeah yeah frighteners Oh, I was mixing up. I was thinking of uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Heart and Souls for some oh. reason. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Everybody makes a ghost movie at some point, I guess. You, you got to. You got to have that on your resume. Um, so, I, I guess, uh, it's, this would be hard to do binge now, binge later, binge never, because I don't think there are three other ghost buddy cop movies. And, and, uh, and that's the thing. If you sell it that way, if you say ghost buddy cop movie, then people are in. You know, you know what I mean? If I told you nothing about this movie and I just said, hey, I watched a ghost buddy cop movie, you could text your friends and they'd be like, holy shit. And then they'd watch it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, just how about just ghost buddy movies? I mean, you mentioned The Frighteners. I'd say that's a watch now. Mm, yeah. Or, or or ghosts that like scheme or work with their people. Um, I'd say Frighteners would be a watch now. Um. Call me crazy, I say watch later, but Casper. <laughs> well, so you're gonna put Heart Condition in the watch never, huh? I, you know, I didn't go like I, I seriously didn't go into this movie with arms folded. I was open to it. I was like, oh, I, rem- I seem to remember that movie, yeah. but like, but Ty has not been kind to it. It just doesn't hold up for me. Yeah, it's weird. Like sometimes, like I said, uh, when I watch a movie, sometimes I wish I could like get. It's hard, hard to describe this feeling. Like, I want to know about what the actors and the filmmakers were thinking or doing, like, on the, like, day, day 14 of, in their, like, 18 hours into day 14. You know what I mean? Like, these right. little, I don't know. I just want to know, like, what was working in between some of the scenes or, like, behind the scenes. And it, we've gotten better at that. I mean, like, look, the world's filled with podcasts. They make a bunch of documentaries about filmmaking now. You know, um... But I I, can't, I, I, can't, I don't know if I'm like appropriately describing the feeling that I want to have or like the information that I'm looking for. But sometimes when we when we're gonna talk about movies, like it's hard to dig up some things about movies of a certain year because people really just didn't keep didn't think people would be interested in that information, I guess. And so there were nobody, right. nobody wrote it down. Like you'll hear stories of people working on movies, but other than that, like nobody took the time to like. Go, oh yeah, the, you know somebody's gonna want to know this later or something. You know, I think I think also if it just if it wasn't a big box box office smash or uh, cult favorite, like I think this movie is just one of those ones that kind of fell between the cracks. Like it still obviously exists, but I mean it's not nobody's clamoring for like uh, information on heart condition. I mean other than maybe you and me right now, <laughs> but. Yeah. See, but that's what's the beauty of binge watches. It's like we're 
virtually walking into a video store and dusting off a movie that we found on the shelf for the 49 cent special, you know, or two for one. Hey, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is definitely, this is definitely a VHS era movie. Cause I mean, that's my memory of it was watching this on VHS, Damn. you know, over, over 20 years ago or so. You know, it'd be a good double feature would be heart condition and pink Cadillac would be two that you could, you could watch in an evening if you had to do two, you know? I don't think I've seen Pink Cadillac. Some of those good. I know it's, although you, although I'm thinking of a Ghost. I mean, that's another Whoopi Goldberg movie with people entering or helping people out. The movie that I want to revisit with Whoopi Goldberg is the one where her partner is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, fucking Theodore Rex. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you seen it or watched it recently? Yeah. No, I haven't watched it recently. Oh. That's a that's an interesting one. Huh. You know what you're gonna do? You're gonna find out where else you can find binge watchers on the internet. It's a vast wasteland, but you know what? Let's point you in the right direction. You can go to Facebook at binge watchers. You can find our page there. Pretty awesome, cool stuff. Little video posts, some funny things there. Also episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can also check us out Twitter binge underscore watchers, and you can find my personal Instagram at real John T. May on Instagram, of course. All right, have a good night, folks. We'll see you next time.